listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it is Tuesday the 6th of April 2021. This is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap. I'm Ricardo Gonsalves. Later, how quarantine-free travel between Australia and New Zealand helped the Australian share market. But first, to the Reserve Bank of Australia, which left official interest rates on hold at a record low of 0.1% as expected. But it did say that it is also monitoring the property market. For more on that and what the RBA had to say today, I spoke earlier with EY Oceania Chief Economist, Joe Masters. Joe, the RBA has kept monetary policy as is, including rates at 0.1%. No surprise there. Why? Well, really, it's because we've still got a lot of spare capacity in the economy, a lot of spare capacity in the labour market. That means wage growth will remain weak, and that translates into inflation that stays below the RBA's inflation band. I want to talk about that in more detail in a few seconds. If I go on the order almost of what the RBA said in its statement, it did mention the rollout of vaccines is supporting the recovery of the global economy, right? How important is this? And given Australia is falling behind its own vaccine rollout schedule, how likely is that to impact growth here? The global economy is critical for a small open economy like Australia. So the more buoyant the global economy, the better it is for us. In terms of the vaccine rollout, we know that it's game-changing for economic activity. It allows us to get rid of that social distancing and start getting economic activity moving again. The fact that Australia's rollout is a bit behind many other economies, I guess, is less concerning because we don't have a lot of cases and our economy actually is running reasonably well. You wouldn't want to be behind for too long, though. Okay, let's talk about jobs. It noted our economy continues to recover stronger than expected. But given the end of JobKeeper, and then tie into that the ANZ jobs add data we saw today at a 12-year high, what's all this saying about the employment market? So we know that with the end of JobKeeper, we will see some jobs come to an end, and that will be incredibly confronting for those who are directly impacted. What is important, though, is the economy is creating other new jobs So we expect the end of JobKeeper to see about 100,000 jobs lost in the economy. To put that in perspective, we're creating about 55,000 new jobs every month. So, look, we are likely to see a slowdown in the improving momentum in the labour market. We may have a bumpy few months with labour market statistics, but overall the underlying economy is supporting job creation. The RBA also continues to imply that interest rates will not rise until 2024 at the earliest. What would it take for that to happen sooner than expected? So the RBA has been incredibly clear, actually, about the timing of interest rate uh, hikes, as you said, not until 2024 at the earliest. Uh, The RBA is focused on its inflation target, which is to keep inflation at 2 to 3 percent. We haven't been there for several years We still have an unemployment rate that is well above full employment. The unemployment rate's at 5.8. We think unemployment's somewhere close to 4%. So you need to get the unemployment rate down in order to generate wage growth, which is the largest determinant of medium-term inflation pressures. So the RBA also spoke about housing market, a full paragraph there, right? It's saying, quote, it's monitoring the market as prices rise. So to what extent is the RBA worried about the housing market, house prices and lending standards? I think it's important to remember that house prices in and of themselves are not a policy target for the RBA or for APRA. 
Uh, in fact, rising house prices can help the economic recovery by boosting consumer uh, confidence and household wealth, which some of that gets spent. What we do worry about is what we call financial stability. Um, and the RBA and APRA are clearly watching that closely. And that's a deterioration in lending standards. So if we see an acceleration in high LVR loans, for example, or a high proportion of interest-only loans or investor loans, then that would be a concern. Okay, so do you think we will see macroprudential measures put in place? When and what kind? So it does seem increasingly likely that we will see some sort of macroprudential control uh, later this year or early next year, given just how fast house prices are rising. Uh, that in itself can force households to take on more debt. But also we are seeing um, some increase in high LVR loans and we are seeing investors come back into the market and that always worries uh, policymakers a little bit more. Exactly when we get them is hard to tell, uh, but what they will do is they will try to focus on the parts of the market where you are seeing a deterioration in land lending standards. Um, so targeting investor lending, targeting interest only lending, targeting high LVR mortgages is the most likely first step. Joe Masters there, the Chief Economist of EY Oceania. Now to the Australian share market, which rose to a six-week high. The S&P ASX 200 up 0.8% to 6,885.9. Tech stocks drove the gains after pay up 10%, zip and 9%. A clean away, the cleaning business gained 16% after it announced plans to buy French group Suez. The miners did well across the board. The Com Bank was the only one of the big four banks to fall. For more on the day's market action, I spoke earlier with Mathan Somersundaram, the CEO of Deep Data Analytics. Mathan, the market is up today. Why? Oh, look, it's a follow-through from the US. We had a substantially positive non-farm non payroll data for the employment. It, be, it was a beat by about a third, of, uh, third higher than what the market expected. And pretty much all of that beat was from the hospitality industry as the economy is opening up. So the market is getting excited that things are beginning to turn around. We saw some news from New Zealand today opening up travel, quarantine travel for Australians. Has that been reflected in the market? Well, look, I think we get excited every so often and everyone's worried that something will go wrong as we've, we've all had this issue of trying to book a holiday and then finding out something goes wrong between states. And New Zealand is becoming that area that we thought would handle the pandemic better than most. And I think that's track record is playing out. So. I think there is a real possibility that we can hold on to a bubble between Australia and New Zealand and probably a few Pacific nations. And that's where I think a lot of the market is starting to get interested that there is some of these travel stocks that have been completely ignored. I mean, they've had a bit of a bounce because of optimism, but reality is, um, you know, they're far from where they were. So any kind of uh, return to normality, um, and even if it is just New Zealand and a few other little countries, you're still going to get a decent amount of transport because people are just bogged down. They want to go somewhere. So the transport uh, logistics might actually pick up quite a bit. So in that context, I think that sector is getting another attention. And given the environment at the moment, how do you play it and what are the opportunities? Look, I think it's an interesting one because we've all chased the certain areas for growth stocks and we've overpaid for growth stocks. Now the market is looking for cyclical recovery stories and inflation recovery stories. So, you know, the travel stocks we were talking about before in the context of things like Flight Center, I think it's a, a really good, high quality business in a bad thematic that's turning around. So I think things like Flight Center will do well. That's still relative value at the moment. 
things like Auckland International Airport, Sydney airports have been ignored. They'll start to get a lot of love. I mean, uh, airlines are a bad business. Even Warren Buffett says that. But Qantas is not too bad around here. So I expect those to get a buy. Um, the other ones to look at, obviously, with the reflation. I think the gold stocks, the Aussie gold miners are doing quite well. I think all of those stocks will get interest. Northern Star is one of the big ones. And Silver Lake, today, we just came out with an update that's very positive. So I expect them to get a buy. Um, the other sector I'd be looking at is things that are linked to it, like insurance. So I think IAG looks like, a, you know, very rarely do you get a top 50 stock uh, at a really, really good value territory. Uh, and IAG is a good buy here because reflation trade with higher yields, they'll do well. Another one is Challenger. That's ignored. And I expect things like Challenger to do well. So these kind of areas, there's pockets of the market that are providing very good upside, even in the medium term. But I think overall market will be quite patchy. Nathan Somersen-Durham there from Deep Data Analytics. A bit of an issue with audio, but hopefully you were able to make out what he had to say. Uh, don't forget, if you are listening to this as a podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to leave a review and let people know what you think of SPS on the Money live stream. That is the show. I'm Ricardo Gonsalves. Don't forget you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Business Ricardo. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Music